0: Chapter Eight of More About Pixie by Mrs. George de This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A surprise visit. The next two days, Jack came home early from the city, where a remarkable cessation of work had happened simultaneously with the arrival of Miss Sylvia Trevor at Number Three Rutland Road. Bridgie trotted about the house preparing for the festival on Thursday and Sylvia lay idly upon the couch with nothing better to do than to listen, sympathise and admire. It was easy to listen for in truth Jack gave her no opportunity to do anything else. It was impossible to resist admiring for he made a handsome figure with his broad muscular shoulders, graceful carriage and clean-shaven face it had seemed at first sight as if sympathy were not required but master jack invented a fresh crop of imaginary woes every time that he met a pretty girl for the express purpose of receiving consolation sylvia beheld him in an exile from home and country toiling at an uncongenial task for the maintenance of his orphaned brothers and sisters and was vaguely given to understand that since meeting her his poverty had become an even more painful barrier to his hopes he confided in her details of business which she understood as well as a buried language and asked her advice on knotty points in such a flattering manner that she forgot to notice that he never paused for a reply and when at last he reluctantly rose to leave the room he sighed profoundly and in a voice touched with emotion declared that she had helped him as he had never before been helped i cannot thank you enough for your sympathy and counsel but i shall never forget what you have said to me to-day it will help me through many a dark hour he declared and sylvia blushed and gasped and lay back on her cushions all tremulous with excitement it was her first experience of the art of flirtation and she was pleased and flattered as it was natural for a girl to be but she was a sensible little woman despite her hasty speeches and her vanity was not big enough to cloud either her judgment or remarkably accurate memory she carefully recalled to mind the late conversation and found that her own share therein had been limited to monosyllabic assents and denials an occasional really and three or four exclamations of how sad these then were the vaunted sympathy and counsel these the eloquent words which mr jack had vowed to treasure in deathless remembrance and which were to strengthen him in hours of trial sylvia blushed once more from mortification this time and registered a vow to adopt a new tone with this disciple of the blarney stone and put an end forthwith to sentimental confidences she was still looking hot and flurried when bridgie came into the room to prepare for tea and to rest after the day's labours you look tired dear she said anxiously i hope jack has not been talking too much he just dotes upon romancing when he can get a listener and i don't like to interrupt when i knew he had come home especially to see you jack falls in love with every fresh girl he meets and they mostly fall in love with him too he has such lovely humbugging eyes do they indeed he shan't humbug me that's one thing certain was sylvia's mental comment aloud she assented cordially most handsome eyes i call him unusually good-looking for a man and he has amused me very much but i am more than ready for tea and a little of your society there's the clatter of the cups welcome sound it's music in my ears how i used to long for it when i was ill i'll draw the curtains and make the room look cosy that is one good thing about a tiny house you can keep it warm we were frozen in the great drafty barns of rooms at knock and pixie used to look so quaint with her feet in snow boots and her hands in a muff and her little nose as red as a cherry it was so cold that it kept her awake at nights until the major brought an elegant little egg cosy at a bazaar in dublin and she slept in it regularly through the frost we used to go to kiss her last thing every night every man jack of us for the pleasure of seeing her lying there so peaceful with the cosy perched over her nose muffins dear i didn't make them so you may eat them with an easy mind jack came downstairs at the summons of the tea-bell looking in languishing fashion at his comforter as he entered the room when to his surprise back came an answering glance as it were parodying his own the sentimental attitude belied by twinkling eyes and mischievous lips the blush and tremor of an hour ago were conspicuous by their absence and the change was by no means appreciated by the startled onlooker in vain he tried to return to the old footing accompanying the simplest remark with a hint of secret understanding and waiting upon her with a deference which seemed humbly to inquire the reason of the change sylvia bluntly inquired what is it in reply to his appealing looks kept him trotting to and from the tea-table and said how clumsy you are when his fingers touched her own over the cake basket even jack o'shaughnessy found it impossible to continue flirting under these conditions and devoted himself to the consumption of muffins with a crestfallen air while bridgie regarded him with fond commiseration from behind the tea-tray it was at this opportune moment that the clatter of wheels stopped at the door and the peal of the bell rang through the house sarah went to the door and there was a movement and bustle in the hall at the sound of which bridgie nodded complacently the parcel's delivery van i thought something must be coming have you any change jack i've nothing smaller than sixpence and the man will want a christmas box a few coppers perhaps oh give the poor beggar half a crown don't insult him with coppers said jack in his lordly way pulling a handful of silver from his pocket and selecting the largest coin of the number i'll take it to him myself you might give him some tea if there is any left it is perishingly cold outside he stepped towards the door but before he reached it it was opened from without a tall figure precipitated itself into the room and with two separate cries of rapture the sisters flew to meet each other and stood with locked arms kissing laughing and questioning with incredulous delight esmeralda darling is it really you you are not a dream dear are you i can't believe it's true it was jeff's doing he saw i was fretting for you and suggested that we should come to town and stay over the new year at an hotel there was not time to get the house ready a whole week bridgie won't we talk there are such oceans of things to tell you baby is beginning to speak the precious mite. bridgie disentangled one hand and held it towards her brother-in-law in beaming welcome i always did say you were a broth of a boy geoffrey but you have eclipsed yourself this time i am so happy i don't know how to bear it now christmas will be something like christmas and she smiled encouragingly into sylvia's embarrassed face we have a visitor staying with us to make things still more festive my new friend miss sylvia trevor who is recovering from a long illness esmeralda wheeled round to face the sofa and stared at the stranger with haughty scrutiny her flowing skirts seemed to fill the little room her cloak was thrown back showing a glimpse of costly sable lining her imperious beauty made her appear older than the gentle bridgie a hundred times more formidable the formal bend of the head brought with it an acute sense of discomfiture to the recipient for the first time since crossing that hospitable threshold she realised that she was a solitary unit a stranger sat down in the midst of an affectionate family party and if it had not been for the crippling foot she would have rushed away to the haven of the room upstairs as it was however she was condemned to lie still and return esmeralda's commonplaces with what grace she might i am pleased to see you said esmeralda's tongue what a nuisance you are said the flash of the cold grey eyes such a pleasure for bridgie to have a friend but now that i have arrived you are not wanted any longer and are terribly in my way one set of phrases were as intelligible as the other to the sensitive invalid and if esmeralda's anticipations were dashed by her presence she herself abandoned all prospect of enjoyment and only longed to be able to return home forthwith bridgie would not need her companionship any longer she could be but a restraint and killjoy in the conferences of newly united sisters she stared dismally at the floor then looked up to see jack carrying the tea-table bodily across the room and setting it down by her couch sarah had brought in fresh tea and cakes for the refreshment of the travellers and he motioned slightly towards his sisters saying in an undertone bridgie will be incoherent for an hour will you come to the rescue if we don't look after the tea? no one else will he smiled at her as he spoke not sentimentally this time but with a straightforward kindliness which showed that he had understood and sympathised with her embarrassment occupation for hand and mind was the most tactful comfort which he could have administered and bridgie's eager oh thank you dear how good of you showed that she was indeed thankful to be relieved of every duty but that of talking to her sister and watching her with adoring eyes sylvia's post was no sinecure for every one started tea-drinking afresh to encourage the travellers and amidst the babble of voices Jack's sotto voce explanations made the conversation intelligible and took away the feeling of being left out in the cold at a touch of real sympathy the false sentiment had disappeared and her heart warmed towards the young fellow for his kindly concern for her comfort it was a bond of union also to remember that he himself was apt to resent the incursions of this domineering young matron and she noted with delight that while bridgie was apparently delighted to be trampled underfoot, he was ready and able to hold his own we came over in a rush and arrived only two hours ago i'm a disreputable object said esmeralda glancing complacently over her sweeping skirts and arranging the immaculate frills at her throat geoffrey was in such a hurry to get off that he gave me no time to make myself decent she had only an hour poor thing not a moment longer she sent me flying off to look for trains and a whistle for a hansom and then kept me kicking my heels while she prinked before the glass putting on her best dress and the newest hat to impress you with her magnificence she is disappointed that you have not noticed them yet that's why she pretends to be humble explained geoffrey in self-defence whereas his wife grimaced at him in a manner singularly undignified and eloquent then she glanced hastily across the room at sylvia looking so girlish so abashed at having been discovered in her schemes that sylvia laughed involuntarily and forgot the old offence husbands are such blighting creatures they are always telling the truth upon you sighed esmeralda sadly i intend to bring up bunting to agree with all i say and then there will be some chance of making an impression he is left at home for he is too young to miss us and it was bad weather for moving a nursery now about to-morrow we have arranged for you to spend the day with us and have lunch and dinner in our private room the servants can eat up your turkey or it can wait until the next day you must come to us directly after church what train will you be able to catch bridgie nodded her brows and looked embarrassed and distressed the invitation could not of course be accepted and it was thoughtless of esmeralda to have given it under existing circumstances had not sylvia been introduced as a convalescent and did not her position on the couch prove that she was unable for a journey to town it would make the poor dear so uncomfortable if she were cited as the obstacle yet what other excuse could be made esmeralda had travelled all the way from knock for the pleasure of entertaining her brothers and sisters and would not be lightly turned from her plans bridgie looked across the room and met jack's eyes turned upon her with a flash of indignation in their clear depths well bridgie you can do as you like but i give you full notice that i stay at home he said firmly i have never yet eaten my christmas dinner in an hotel and i never shall so long as i have a roof of my own to cover me choose between Esmeralda and me i am the head of the family and it is my privilege to play host on such occasions but if the house is too small if we are not grand enough for mrs hilliard jack cried Esmeralda sharply she pushed her cup on one side and springing across the room to her brother's side laid her hands on his shoulders and shook him vigorously to and fro come down this minute from that high horse i won't be snubbed when i've come all the way over from ireland to see you i thought you would like it dear because you enjoyed dining with us so much before and we should have been quite private in our own room but i don't mind where we are so long as we are together we will come and dine with you if you will ask us i would far rather have stayed here altogether if you could have put us up we could stow you away but we can't manage the retinue miss trevor occupies the northwest tudor corridor and there is only pixie's little den at liberty said jack laughing and recovering his complacency with wonderful quickness the servants hall accommodation is also limited and your maid and valet might not appreciate our menage we had a very stylish pudding the other night you might give esmeralda the recipe bridgie esmeralda listened to the history of the beeswax and macaroni with a joy tempered by regret we never have anything so nice as that she sighed never a bit of excitement as to how things will turn out do you remember the day when old sukey mixed the lettuce with furniture cream instead of salad dressing and major denny was so polite the crust of bread under one end of his plate to let it drain down to the bottom while he ate his meat high and dry at the top twas bad luck that none of us fancied lettuce that day but kept pressing him to a second helping well we will come here to-morrow morning then don't stay away from church for truthfully i would rather you were out when we arrived i have some rather large christmas presents which must be smuggled in unobserved i have some um preparations to make to-night so we can't stay very long half an hour later husband and wife took their departure and after seeing them off jack came back into the drawing-room and stood by sylvia's couch esmeralda invariably speaks before she thinks he said apologetically there's a lot of pretence about her but you will be astonished to find out what a good sort she is when you know her better Sylvia smiled with a whimsical twist of the lips. She thought that that prediction might apply to more than one member of the O'Shaughnessy family, and cherished a pleasant conviction that Jack's outburst of indignation had been more on her account than his own. He was not the type of man to stand on his dignity, and his quick glance into her face as Esmeralda gave her invitation had been eloquent of understanding. His protest had saved her from a most distasteful position, and once again she felt a debt of gratitude towards him. End of Chapter 8